Now a stretch on the left, a shot, kick down, kick safe, and a beauty from Hill. Somehow Veneers got through unmarked. Now a loose puck, sliding save by Hill. What a combo! Aiden Hill flashing all over. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Oh, and a loose puck, it goes into the goal. The Knights have made it 2-0. Jonathan Marchessault, Johnny on the spot. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at lvsportsnetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Friday and it's walking through the hallway and I found Darren Millard. I didn't know where you guys were, to be honest, because I went down to our normal spot and yeah, you well, weren't there. told you yesterday. And then, well, I don't really remember that stuff. Okay. It down. <laughs> it's not a surprise. And then I came up here and you guys weren't here. Mm-hmm. So then I started walking over to the broadcast booth yeah. and I ran into you. So I, I think it's quite fortunate for you quite unfortunate for our audience that uh, that i that i bumped into you why is that well because i tend to grade on people at times like on our audience yeah every now and then people do you uh, hear from somebody is there something nah, new no nah, no nah. do you want to do you want to work through it uh, no no I, I, I don't really care <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big surprise yeah i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say yeah and that's going to be that. Exactly. And then I'll move on. Okay. And I'll move on. No, yeah. uh, I have a great relationship with our audience. I absolutely love uh, everything that uh, we do, especially the correspondence that we have uh, through Twitter, through X, uh, through Instagram, through uh, the open lines, and uh, through the dialogue uh, leading into tonight's game. Who would have thought a week ago <laughs> that this game would feature a team coming in with two straight losses and a team coming in on two straight wins, mm-hmm. and it would be San Jose on the positive side of things and Vegas trying to avoid a three-game bump. Yeah, nobody. I, I don't think anybody would no. have expected that coming into this game, that it would be the Golden Knights looking to snap a losing streak and the San Jose the San Jose Sharks looking to extend a win streak, and yet here we are. And, you know, I, I wonder if that's a if that's a good thing for the Golden Knights in that – you know, traditionally you'd look at this as a trap game, right, yeah. for the Golden Knights. No, a, it's not. Yeah. And it's it's not that at all. It, it's a game where I think the Golden Knights, a, a team that has high standards and, and wants to play to a certain level, uh, they want to get back in the win column, and they want to do it in, in pretty good fashion tonight against San Jose. So part of the reason why I wasn't here in the opening hour was so we're doing some uh, adjusting on the TV side mm. because Ashley Vice isn't here tonight. Uh, she's at a wedding uh, in Dallas, uh, so I'm doing some of her duties mm. in the pregame show, getting ready for the game, doing some interviews, and I just chatted with, with Brett Hatton. Okay. And one of the things that I brought up with Brett, uh, uh, including his mustache, but uh, that's for, uh, for the TV <laughs> audience to, to really enjoy, uh, was does the San Jose Shark performance in the last two games change how this game is approached Mm -hmm. because again a week ago this was middle square in the bingo card they were on the verge of setting a record pace for goals allowed Mm -hmm. they've turned things around with some harder play and some great goaltending and some uh teams that uh, weren't on top of their game yeah and he admitted, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that where you have to uh, adjust your, your feelings about a team. You're never going to consciously take anybody lightly, but 
they are playing much better and they have found some confidence and when you see what San Jose was able to do in their last two outings in which they produced victories they look like a team that needs to be taken uh, for uh, a team that can give you a challenge mm-hmm. they're hard on the body yep. uh, not not overly physical but they're hard on the body in in a sense of they will finish their checks and what San Jose's best attribute has been in the victory over Philadelphia and then following it up last night with the upset of Edmonton was they're able to by working hard come out with the puck in 50-50 battles Mm -hmm. and that doesn't always lead to offense or goal production from San Jose but what it does is it keeps the puck away from the other team they were losing every battle uh, off the the start of the campaign yeah uh, in that including that uh, most uh, significantly that middle stretch and it was just piling up in in good chances against them and, and then a lot of goals back-to-back uh, games in which they allowed 10 goals against 20 goals in two games uh, that that's been a significant improvement and it was noticeable for those of us that that watched the last two games as a, a team that uh, that just was more competitive by, by working hard. And that came as a result of a meeting with the general manager. Yeah, and I think that really is is what you're getting in, in San Jose, is that you, you know that it's not going to be easy most nights, but if you're the Sharks, if you're a player on that team, you've got to go in there and compete hard. And I think that, you know, against Philadelphia, they, they competed hard. Last night, they were... They were in the trenches against the Edmonton Oilers. They were collapsing. They weren't making. They didn't allow it to become an easy game by any stretch. And I think that that's incredibly important for the Golden Knights to keep an eye on in this one tonight. Is that they're going to have to work harder than the San Jose Sharks. Testing the in-game presentation at T-Mobile Arena as we broadcast from the press box uh, high above the home end, where Aiden Hill will patrol tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. You know what my dad would say right now? What's that? Why do they have to play it so loud? <laughs> Why do they have to play it so loud? I'm like, Dad, you have hearing aids in, in, in both ears. Turn it down. Just take those out yeah. for a couple minutes, and yeah. it'll be fine. It'll be like like normal for you. But I don't I don't want to. Why do they got to play it so loud? And uh, the, you get an idea of, of how this place gets <laughs> rocking with the, uh, the sound system, and then you fill this place with 18... Five or sure, yeah. uh, whatever it happens. Like, tonight's going to be a packed place. Yeah, like it is jet. Part of the reason why we're up in the press box. Yeah. That's our usual uh, location. The flight deck uh, has been uh, taken over by by fans. But uh, I, I think this is this could be a fun game, but it could also be a a real opportunity for the Golden Knights to reestablish their offensive game. San Jose is on the back to back. They're going as well as they've gone all year. This is a tough situation for the San Jose Sharks. A really difficult game. Uh, traveling and uh, on, a, on a back-to-back. And Vegas is not happy with their game and will try to reestablish what they've been able to do. And in a way, I expect as much as San Jose has been effective in their work ethic in the wins over Philadelphia and Edmonton. I think Vegas will come out with the almost the underdog mentality from a work ethic point of view 
to get things going in the right back in the right direction. That's my expectation for the Golden Knights in this one is that they they do look at this as an opportunity to get back to work and, and go into the trenches and outwork an opponent and find their offensive touch, find their offensive game. I, I'm expecting, you know, kind of a lot from the top line in Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marcheseau, and Ivan Barbashev. I think that trio has had a, a, a good week or so, and you're looking at an opportunity to kind of reestablish that before going on the road. It, Vegas has gone two straight without a point for the first time since the middle of January. Yeah. That's a crazy stretch. It, it, it is. Uh, those, those kind of stats can be misleading. They can sound good because there's sometimes four months between games. Mm -hmm. Two months game between games. Uh, but this is going back to pre-All-Star where they haven't been kept off the point sheet from a team perspective in putting something in the bank for 11 months. Mm -hmm. That's That's wild. And I don't think what we witnessed has been a letdown at all. There was a fluky third period against Anaheim. Mm -hmm. Ducks did score four goals, but it wasn't a, boy, they just got run ragged yeah. in that game. The, the L.A. Kings game was a really good hockey game. Yes. And L.A. won, won the hockey game. They, they deserved to win that hockey game. They got pucks to the head. They, got some, they created their own bounces. They, they did a lot of the things there. But... I haven't seen a significant drop-off from Vegas. What I have seen is players not happy with the result. Yeah. And that's encouraging because even though you're – sometimes when you're losing but you're playing good, you can convince yourself that you're you're right there. This is almost the opposite. They're playing good enough to win these games, yeah. the last two games, but they're – really sour with the result they're used to winning hockey games mm -hmm. and winning on a nightly basis and it's it's a foreign feeling to them 11 months since they they didn't get a point in back-to-back -back games and I, i've been really uh, encouraged uh by by that and excited by by the reaction from the players yeah i we we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier but I, I think the golden knights after dropping two games in a row for the first time as you mentioned and quite a long time i think they're sick and tired of losing right like and and i'd make the argument that it's it, not even a streak yet it, it's not but they're they're tired of it they don't yeah. want to this is a team that that loves to win and they hate to lose and and i'm i'm excited to see what the golden knights are able to do tonight against san jose because you you expect that kind of as things have, have been trending for them i think they've played better then the results would indicate specifically over the last two games. And I, I think that you're going to have a game where the results catch up to what the Golden Knights have been able to do over 60 minutes. So here's where, where the eye test doesn't meet the stats. Right. Last four periods, they've been outscored 8-1. Yeah. You go, whoa, mm -hmm. what's going on there? Yeah. But there's a third period, and two empty netters in that. Yep. So if you want to scale it back, it's 6-1. Uh, in actual uh, goaltenders uh, being beat in the play. But it hasn't at no point where they chasing these games or trying to find their game. They lost it in, in San Jose for a couple minutes, but they were still the better team in that game overall. And L.A. was, uh, was, was, was pretty good across the board. Uh, you, you think that the Jack's line is going to have a good game? I like what I saw from Michael Amadio. It's, mm -hmm. 
Michael Amadio and Brett Howden are buddies. Mm -hmm. They sit to together. Not that you have a choice. I, I don't believe <laughs> players have a choice on where they sit in the dressing room. Yeah. I think that's an assigned situation. But uh, Amadio and Howden are buddies. They happen to sit beside each other in the room. They do a lot of uh, cool things at the end of practice, uh, tipping pucks and doing some, some different skill work with each other at, at the end of every skate. Howden's gone from wing to center, wing to center, and he's back to center for the last eight games. This yep. will be his eighth straight game with, with Nick Wobb being out. And he's, he says he's, he's finding his game. He's feeling more comfortable. It's, it's an adjustment for him. But his, his buddy, one of the best friends of the team, is also going through that right now. Mm -hmm. Amadio was switched to center last game. And, and Howden and Amadio have, have talked this through about w what works, what doesn't work, uh, advantages. Uh, how, Amadio was great the other night uh, playing center. Like, yeah, like I thought he was really good. There. He, he was arguably Vegas' best skater the mm -hmm. other night. I think most impactful skater. Sure. Uh, five on five, which is, which is great to see. But uh, I, I love how the, the synergy works. The two buddies are, because they're down a couple of center icemen, uh, have been flipped over from the wing where they've grown accustomed. Like, both guys are natural centers. Mm -hmm but have found success on this team on the wall. And now they're having to go back to try and reestablish themselves in different roles and with different line, line mates. Howden feels like he's played with everybody this year. More or uh, less, yeah. All, all along the road. Uh, but they're, they're in very similar uh, positions right now. Yeah, it, it is interesting how that works out. And I, I'm with you on... On Michael Amadio, I thought he was was really impactful. I thought he did a great job down the middle with uh, with Will Carrier and and Mark Stone. And and I would expect that you've got another repetition going tonight with that trio, and that uh, hopefully they're able to find the back of the net or or find a, a you know a player two that that can be impactful in the game. You surprised Aiden Hill going tonight? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I I am in that. You know, I I just I think that. For Aiden, it, he played well. I thought he played really well uh, against the Los Angeles Kings. I, you know, we talked about it yesterday. Didn't look like there was anything that certainly there wasn't anything that beat him clean. It was all kind of broken plays, deflections here and there. And and I just think Aiden. No, he stopped every shot. Yeah, like that I, he could. That he that, yeah exactly. So to me, I, I think that you know Aiden Hill going right back in it, it gives you an idea of, or at least to me, maybe I'm reading too much into it. But Aiden is your guy when you want to get right back to it and you want to find your your game again you want to find that result Aiden Hill going in in for his second consecutive game I think gives you an idea that that he's right there I, I think it could end up 55 45 mm -hmm. I'm, I'm on record in in predicting that at the start of the year they've gone 60 40 so far yeah this is just the second time all year yeah that a goaltender will play in in back-to-back -back games which gives you a bit of an indication that it might be 60-40 yeah. until, until something more impactful changes, whether it's injury or uh, elevation of play sure. in Logan Thompson or maybe a bump uh, from the other. We certainly hope it's not uh, injury or, or a bump uh, for Aiden Hill. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I think that, you know, you, you talk about it's just the second time, both times Aiden Hill, right? And that, yeah. that gives you uh, another data point as to, as to where you think or what you should expect when it comes to goaltending. And Aiden's been phenomenal so far this year. I, I see no reason why he's not going to be uh, really good tonight for Vegas. Let's get to Bruce Cassidy. I miss Bruce today. I Did you? To be, I got to be on the ice today uh, oh. on, the, on the back end of their You're just skating skate. a ton. Yeah, I'm skate, I'm, like I am feeling in my hips. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling like I'm effective. 
I'm just <laughs> feeling it uh, right now. Uh, no, I was out. To, uh, I'll tell you a story about Brett Hatton uh, after we get to Bruce Cassidy's media availability at City National Arena ahead of the Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, I think sometimes it can be situational, Ben. They're, they they had a t- really tough start, and they've got a lot of. They're probably running on adrenaline tonight, right? They, they've won two in a row. Beat a good team last night. Uh, broke the skid against Philly, who's been playing well. So, I'm sure they're they have as much confidence right now as they've had all year. So we've got to be mindful of that. What we need to do is, first of all, get tired of losing right I know that's early in the year but it's two in a row and get that winning feeling back how are we going to do that I think if we can get on them early put some pressure on their D and forecheck well and manage pucks and force them to find their game in their own end not attacking us or playing in our end so that's how I'd look at it for our team and, and that's the strength of our team when we're playing behind D the game tends to open up for us better once if we establish that part of our game so that'll be the ask lineup changes today. Uh, White Cloud should go in uh, for um, Pahal, uh, he's out there this morning, so I'll, I'll know t- for sure tonight, but I don't anticipate any snags there, but um, that's the one we're looking at. Forward group will be the same, Hills and Nets. In terms of the, the goalie communicating with the defense when they're coming back, is that something you coach? It's more, uh, it's more the opposite, actually. It's the D talking to the goalie, because a lot of times he, he's got his back turned. So yes, we talk about, we have words for over, you know, puck this way, puck this way, leave it basically. So, and we practice that. We'll do our uh, morning skate. If we had a skate this morning, we'd do four breakouts at the start. One of the last ones, always a goalie touch. So that's communicated. They should hear the language. They should hear it in their head and bang, the puck's on and off their stick. The quicker, the better. And it's easier for everyone else. Do you have to work hard to get to their spots? Sometimes that was a problem earlier this year for a few guys. We weren't, you know, we weren't breaking out as clean. So those retrievals are as important as any. And then there's a hard rim sometimes too, right? Some teams like Anaheim the other day went right at both our D, so you probably saw a lot more rims from the goalie just knowing that our D were covered. So if you weren't going to come get it from the goalie, you're probably firing it yourself. So that would be probably play it. Is that sort of, you know, good? Who's the best talker, like communicator? It's a good question. Probably Petro. He talks a lot on the bench, on the ice, and um, and I think with Marty, they've been together a while now, so they, even though they probably have had the most chemistry or, or play, I shouldn't, you know what? That's not true. Naber and Theo have been together a long time too, so I would say it's probably Petro would be my guess. Now, don't forget, I'm on the bench and on the ice, so what goes on in the corner or on a breakout, I'm not going to hear it all the time, but I know Petro talks a lot on the bench to the other D, and so I assume he does the same thing on the ice. How much do you look around, in particular, your division? Obviously, with the scuff of Vancouver's different. Are you, do you start to pay attention to those teams and start to form opinions and that sort of thing right now? Or is it too early? No, I mean, I, I have my opinion on Edmonton. I, mean, I saw them last year. They're a very good hockey club that's sputtering right now. I think they tried to change some things, and whether they'll see that through, how they play the game or not, that, that that's kind of their call. Um, we haven't seen them yet, and they haven't been in a lot of our this last. They'll be in our pre-scout uh, from last night, obviously. So we'll get a bit of a closer look. I was watching Vancouver and Ottawa a little bit yesterday. Um, so yes, I'm paying attention because they're hot right now. I uh, have not seen Calgary hardly at all. We don't have them till the end of the month, so there's not a lot to worry about in that regard. 
Um, we will look at them closer. The new coaching staff, obviously going to make some changes. So sometimes that that's how much we look at them too. Is there a new staff in place? Um, because you know that that's when the changes typically happen. So we have Pittsburgh coming up and Philly back to back on the weekend, both same coaching staff. We've seen Philly, so we don't have to, you know, Pittsburgh will have a pretty good idea how they're going to play. Now, if there's new players in their lineup, how's Carlson impacting it? Yes, we'll look at that. But for our division, Gary, I would say more of the teams that when they're coming up and then again, I, I, Vancouver's piqued my interest just because they're playing really well. I watched some of LA last night in Pittsburgh because I want to see how Pittsburgh plays LA. We just come off playing them. Could they get through, create some offense? And I thought LA played them pretty well, probably the better team in the end. But um, I think the game went in, was overtime, right? I don't know if I watched it right to the end, but yeah, Russ scored twice in overtime. So they won 5 3. You only counted the second one. That's a joke. It was a, what do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, video review. Sorry. So I think it was him who got both, if I'm not mistaken. So I was watching it <clears throat> to the end. <laughs> Which you guys had a great start last year and a great start this year. Is there any common theme in training camps? Well, training camp was very uh, similar to last year, almost the exact same blueprint on what we wanted to get done. We just got through it quicker. We've talked about that just because there's some familiarity. So I think that helps. I think the guys coming back in a good Okay, so two different mindsets, right? Gosh, like last year they're coming back, uh, new coach, uh, didn't meet expectations in the regular season, long summer they wanted to get going, wanted to get back on the ice, prove that they're an elite team in the NHL, and they did that. This year it's a little more of, okay, we won the cup, want to come back, prove we can do it again. So they, they have different reasons, but they're back with, with a good mindset. Um, that's the way I look at it. It's the players that perform on the ice. It's the, they're the ones that are come back in good shape and conditioning our tests back that up. Now we just got to get it done on the ice. So, and I can't sit here and say, well, we've had great, you know, uh, health because we've we've missed some people in our lineup. So it's it's not like, you know, everything's been smooth for us. We've dealt with a little bit of adversity in terms of our health. Uh, we're going through a little bit now. Like you know, we've lost two in a row. So let's see how we respond. So there's a little bit of that going on. But I I think that's the similarities is where our mindset was about being good, being a good team, and wanting to keep playing to that standard. We just had two different reasons, probably why. Is there a chance you'll get to use your, you haven't played a game yet with your regular lineup. Is there a chance you'll get to that on the road? You got Stevie, Nick, and Nick, right? Um, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, wouldn't rule it out. What that means, A, we'd have to not lose anybody else, right? To stay the full lineup. And uh, a couple of those guys are skating. I'm not sure if Stevie was out yesterday. I think Nick, the Knicks were, and and um, so, but once until they join us, and then if you see them get on the plane on uh, Sunday, that'll give you another uh, kind of clue as to how close they are, right? Because I don't think they would travel with us if they had no chance. Um, having said that. Maybe they would be brought out for the second half of the trip too if they, they're progressing well. That's the, always the challenge when you have guys rehabbing on the road with you that are close and guys that are rehabbing here that need a few extra days. Um, so I'm trying to give you a long, I have given you a long-winded answer to, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> huh? Uh, Hill's in tonight. I'm excited about it. I hopefully it goes on schedule. Um, we're flying all day Sunday, so we want to make sure we we also get a little work in because we play Tuesday. So 
but I'm looking forward to it. As I said before, to me, it uh, represents, you know, one of the most powerful buildings in the world. So let's go have a look at it and meet some important people and enjoy the moment. White House visits by championship teams does kind of morph into a banner-like experience. Mm -hmm. you, you don't get to go to the White House unless you are the best in your league, in your sport. Yeah. Whether it's football or there's, NCAA goes down the list. There, there's uh, several different uh, teams and, and sports that visit, but uh, the, the idea of, of being a National Hockey League player and getting to go to the White House means you are the best, just like that banner that we look at across the way. Yeah, it's just another one of the, the perks of being a champion. But you, you'll get that picture mm -hmm. in the White House with the president, and that goes on the wall. That, sure. that's, yeah. a, that's a keeper uh, for everybody. Hopefully you can get around whatever uh, significant liens that you have in politics. But sure. If you look at it objectively, that should be on everybody's wall, just like the game sheet from June 13th, just like uh, uh, the, the ring and the celebrations uh, go with you and stay with you. Uh, the presidential uh, White House visit is, is as significant, because not, not because of the politics mm -hmm. or like it's a great building, everything, but it means, once again, you only get that invitation if you're the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's an exclusive club. It really is. It's it's it belongs to champions, and you know I think uh, you you look at that picture, and it's another keepsake for the the shadow box, or however you're going to when you're oh, creating Pahal's mom. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. However you're going to display all of the keepsakes that you have from the night you won the Stanley Cup to what you remember and, and what you've got from your day with the Stanley Cup to banner-raising ceremony to going to the White House because you're a champion. Like, all of that stuff is going to live and exist together however you choose to display it. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's once in a lifetime, and, and we've been saying that a lot, but these are really the experiences that you, you play the game for. I don't know how much you were able to get into Zach Whitecloud making his season debut mm. uh, in our number one, but the last time Zach Whitecloud laced up his skates for a game in this building. Yep. He ended up by winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. He played a handful of shifts, less than five, in his only preseason appearance yep. uh, in a game in Colorado. That was the second preseason game uh, of the season. He was uh, out injured before the 10-minute mark uh, of that game. He hasn't played a game, a full period, since June 13th, and I'm sure that there's some nerves to go with it, but I, I know for a fact, uh, having uh, spent some time with him this morning, that uh, that he's excited, mm -hmm. he's focused, mm -hmm. and one thing that we love about Zach Whitecloud is his incredible accessibility, and uh, he, he welcomes everybody in, he's a great interview, he's uh, unbelievably thoughtful, but there's today... Mm -hmm. There's a side to him that is intense. Like he, he has that game face on, and, and he had it on this morning, and he's looking forward to his, his season debut in what is game 15 for the team. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a competitor, right? And he, he, he doesn't play the game to lose. That's one of the – No, but he's so affable. Yeah. No, that, I know. That, but that seeing, that, seeing that switch in him is noticeable. But that that's that's the beauty of Zach Whitecloud is we get we get those those – 
those moments inside of an interview where he tells you flat out, like, I love this game. I love winning. I hate losing. I do not play to lose. I do not want to sit on the sidelines. I do not want to be in a, in a position where I'm not out on the ice helping my teammates. And, you know, as, as much as we kind of talk about Zach and, and, and he's like the, the model human being when it comes, like just you, you be, you're around him enough, you, you, just, you just root for him, you love him, all of that. But He's the ultimate son-in-law. Yeah, but he's, he's a fierce competitor. And, and, you know, the fact that he's going to be able to get back into a game, lace him up for the first time here inside T-Mobile Arena since winning the Stanley Cup, I'm excited to see that. I wasn't sure he was playing tonight because he stayed out at the end of the optional morning skate mm-hmm. and worked with John Stevens a little bit, who runs the D. And I'm, I'm excited that he's going in the lineup, but there was some drills that the two of them were doing, uh, passes to the point, keeping pucks in, and then taking shots, and then you work your way close to the net in a three-shot drill. And the last shot that he took this morning was bar down. Mm-hmm. And John Stevens looked at him and went, that's why he spot. Let me talking about him almost third person, but that's sure. why he spot. Right? Yep. And it was talking to Zach, like, you got it. Let's go. We're ready. Uh, and let's find it. Because the, the offensive side is underappreciated or uh, not talked about uh, a lot w- with Zach Whitecloud, but it's it's there. So uh, I, I wonder if, if that's something that, that we'll we'll see tonight is the triumphant return to the lineup in Zach White Club. Uh, I'm betting on it. I, I really am. If that gives you an indication of where I might go for night to shine tonight. Okay, here's the situation with Brett Howden. Okay. I was doing something with Keegan Colasar I want to say a week and a half ago. And Keegan mentioned something about playing with Brett. Brett's coming over to his line. Uh, off the stone line, uh, filling in for for Nick Waugh. And Keegan mentioned, well, we got him out of those skates. We got him into these skates, different manufacturers. I won't throw the names out there, but uh, but it's, that's good. So I went over to, to, to Brett. And Brett didn't realize this was going on. I'm like, when did you when did you switch wheels? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? Uh, it, was, it was a good reaction because it came out of nowhere. I should have. Like, what? I should have set it up. I was like, what? Uh, I said, well, you, you switched skates? He's like, yeah, I was getting uh, some cuts. They were th- this brand that I worn for basically a year and a half. Mm-hmm. They were just digging into my feet, and I haven't been able to find. I've done everything with them. I haven't been able to, to, to get around it. So uh, he switched manufacturers, a uh, 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 type of skate that he's worn for a long time before he came to Vegas, mm-hmm. and he was looking forward to that. He switched back this morning. Oh, really? To the ones that were digging into his feet? Yeah. Just, he, he's looking to get the offensive side going a little bit sure. more. yeah. And one thing I'd love to see is him shooting uh, a bit more. Uh, doesn't have a lot of shots uh, on the year. I'd like to see that part of his game improve, but they're, they're always searching. Mm-hmm. And he went to the skates that were more comfortable and didn't lead to anything. So he's back in the ones that I don't think they they fixed that problem. It's just how that <laughs> boot is, is formulated, and he's willing to wear that. Yeah, and uh, go out there and and get it done. Just how how athletes go about the 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 mental and the physical of of searching to get themselves in the right place. Yeah, that's fascinating. It, it really is to to go back to something you know is going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, just to try to find uh, a, a little bit of an offensive spark. I, I respect it. I love it, too. Uh, we'll take a break. When we continue, we are going to uh, tell you a story 
about a player and skates. Hmm. I don't think I've told you this story. Hmm. It's from uh, the early 2000s. Okay. How much the visual can affect a player's performance when it comes to equipment. Uh, that's coming up on one-timers, but first, a uh, $50 gift card to BrewDog. Yep, BrewDog Las Vegas, rooftop restaurant and bar with the best views of the strip. Go to brewdog.com slash Locals to learn more. $50 gift card to caller number 7. 702-876-1340 is the number. Caller number 7, you're a winner. BrewDog, you might see me yes. after the game tonight. Uh, we got one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Talk about the Hall of Fame inductions uh, on Monday during that program uh, when the class is officially uh, welcome to the Hockey Hall of Fame. The inductees got their rings today, mm. which is always a great uh, moment on the Hall of Fame weekend. want to tell you about a significant uh, moment in Penguins history today. Yep. Announcing that Yarmir Yager's number 68 will officially be raised to the Raptors on February 18th. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't expect this or wasn't following it, but it's a no-brainer. Yes. Uh, I love Yaramir Yager. Uh, he's phenomenal, and uh, I, I can't wait to see uh, Yager back accepting the love from Penguins fans and uh, seeing the number raised. It's amazing. Uh, only the third number that will be retired uh, by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Michel Briere, uh, who tragically lost his life uh, uh, early in the years of the Pittsburgh Penguins and Mario Lemieux, uh, mm. number uh, 66. So that is uh, happening. Uh, the numbers from, from Yarmir Yager are absolutely ridiculous in the, the, the championships. And what he and Mario did together mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was poetry. Yeah. Poetry and, and the and the personalities, and then you got the Augers hair. Yeah, the mullet and uh, the, everything that goes with it. He's, he's almost like become a caricature of himself. Sure. Uh, later in in life, still playing for Platinum, but yeah. he owns it. Yeah. Check with Papa, but uh, that's uh, that's a great honor that's coming for the uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've got a few jerseys that will be retired down the road. You think? Yeah, might be a seventy-one. Yeah, maybe put up there. Might be number eighty-seven uh, uh, thrown to the uh, could go either way to the to the rafters uh, on that one, uh, but uh, yeah, Yarmiyar's now sixty-eight of joining number sixty-six and number twenty-one uh, to the rafters uh, of that uh, beautiful rink that replaced the igloo of PPG Paints <laughs> Arena uh, in downtown Pittsburgh. So here's the story that uh, that I got for you uh, regarding athletes and just trying to get the mental part of the game uh, matching the. Uh, production side of the game and this this is the one of the strangest stories that, that i've ever heard <laughs> and i understand guys have preferences for certain equipment mm-hmm. uh, and guys like the way goalies especially is one thing that i can that i can rate to relate to uh with masks uh, like there's there's the the eye test for masks is it a slimmer mask is it uh i don't like the the short and stubby mask or the the wider mask uh, the, the near test there but uh, this player was in the uh, 2000s, uh, Rafi Torres. Do you remember Rafi? I do, yeah. Okay, Rafi was a hard-nosed winger 
uh, broke in with the Edmonton Oilers and then uh, had a couple of stops uh, down the road, but was a, just a vicious hitter, suspended yeah. a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, justifiably so, but uh, Rafi, uh, Rafi and I are, are buddies. Uh, play a lot of golf uh, back home in Toronto, and he was the like best friends with my friend Jared Stoll. Okay. And when we were a little bit younger, and uh, we w- we would uh, have some fun uh, at, at times, not not goofy fun, but just just fun. I don't want anybody <laughs> to get carried away that uh, that we were carousing or anything like that. But uh, but we we shared fun topics, and uh, we we had a couple of good vacations together. Anyway, Rafi was an Eastern guy. Okay. Uh, sticks, gloves, mm-hmm. skates, everything. He was a, a stick guy. But he had to stop wearing the skates and gave up the endorsement. And, and a good friend of ours in this group was the Eastern rep. Okay. So Rafi had to go to Oz and say, I, I'm not wearing your skates. I can't wear your skates anymore. Mm-hmm. And he like he had carpal. He had skates crazy and all kinds of Eastern stuff. And yeah. he, he walked away from that deal. Because when Raph would would lean on a stick at a faceoff as the uh, as the winger, he would look down and he thought his feet looked fat. <laughs> really? And he couldn't get it through his head. Oh and, wow! And it affected, like it was during a slump. And sure. Yeah. He, and you start playing mind games with yourself, and you, you start going, I can't, I can't, I'm too slow in these skates. Mm-hmm. My my feet are fat. Yep. Uh, my feet look too big. I, I can't get the the first couple of strides. So I believe he went to Bauer uh, then. And I mentioned this because he doesn't make skates. So they're not the manufacturer anymore. So mm-hmm. They've been bought out by somebody, uh, by Bauer, I, I believe, oh, okay. uh, during that. But, yeah, guys, and that's that's the most interesting. There's all kinds of stories about guys switching gears for different reasons or or uh, maybe the stick breaks at a certain time or uh, they, they lose a puck race or whatever. But I've never heard that one before where – he leaned on a stick at a face-off and mm-hmm. looked down and went, feet look fat. Wow. It's one of the funniest. That's hilarious. And, and, and greatest insights into an athlete's mind of how you're always looking for that edge and that you might be pushed in a different direction by the most unlikely shove. Yeah, that's wild. Have you ever looked down at shoes and thought, my feet look different in these shoes? I, I don't like those shoes. I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Got, yeah, preferences. Yeah. So, I think it's it's goofy that it happened, <laughs> but it helped them if it helped them get another contract and yeah. score some goals. And I never did track whether he started scoring again after that, whether it, it had any impact well, or whether it was just the phase that he was going through. Go, go back and look, or ask him. Not a go chance. to the source. Nah, he, he wouldn't remember either. <laughs> We'd end up talking about golf for his kids. His kids, he loves coaching his kids. Uh, yeah. Drunk. Those are one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So I am definitely not above pettiness. In fact, I kind of enjoy it. But this might be one of the pettiest things that I've ever come across. In the Peruvian Soccer League, they play a championship final series where it's two matches, the home and home, and the winner is based on aggregate. So these teams, Alianza Lima and Universitario, drew in the first game, 1-1. They tied. 
However, in the second game, Universitario defeated Alianza Lima at the home stadium of Alianza Lima. So they were celebrating on the field of their rival. Well, what does their rival team do? They turn the lights off in the middle of the <laughs> celebration, thus meaning they could not celebrate and they had to go back to the locker room. I, I came across today, I found it really, really funny, and I'm like, you know, imagine they did that in the NHL, like the team wins game seven on their opponent's ice, and rather than let them celebrate, once the handshakes are done, lights off, time to go. I think it's awesome. It's great, I love it's it. Amazing. So, Alianza Lima, congratulations. You win a gold star for being the pettiest team of the week. I love it. Sign me up for more of that type of stuff. That's not petty. Oh, that's it's a, Chapman, that's a great, great observation. It's awesome. Love it. All the, I would have turned on the sprinklers. Oh, that, that's. I think that's been done before. Turn out the lights, turn on the sprinklers. At the or, simultaneously. Just, or just turn on the sprinklers. Yeah, yeah. Let them have some fun with that. Yeah, but see, that might be fun. They might enjoy that. Hmm. Lights off, you can't see, can't celebrate. Hey, uh, after tonight, they're on the East Coast next week, Monday at the White House, and then a five-game road trip, all Eastern games. So uh, set your plan accordingly with 4 o'clock starts, and then the weekend, a 10 o'clock start next weekend. So uh, we'll keep you up to date on the VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas.